You're listening to The Process, where we talk to some of the industry's most talented artists, including film, TV and game. From concept artists to previs to 3D animators and visual effects artists, we talk about a personal project of theirs and take a look at the work that went into them, as well as show an insight into the mind and workflow of each artist. For any visuals discussed in this episode, we've provided a link to images and videos should you need a bit more context. So my name is Sara Kunnerstofted, and I'm an Icelandic <coughs> animation artist and a director. And I I have a BFA degree in fine arts from the Icelandic Academy of the Arts. And I have a, a master's degree in experimental animation from California Institute of the Arts. And I've been working as an independent animator and animation director for the past 10 years from when I graduated from CalArts. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Hey, good. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Very good. How's your morning going? I'm What's still, uh, I'm still a little jet lagged from LA, so I just took a tiny nap. I just woke up. <laughs> power, power nap. How long were you in uh, LA for for the for the uh, Oscars? Well, is it well, like a, a pre-party? Yeah, I type? went to like an Oscar luncheon. I was only there. I traveled for a day. I was only stopped there for three days, and then yeah. Well, we <laughs> appreciate you uh, jet lagged. Uh, very busy, uh, and yeah. So yeah, thanks uh, for this. Of course. Um, what did you study? Sorry, at college, what was the uh, experimental animation? Experimental animation, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, how was that? And what was you know what was your sort of? Did you have a passion to get into that before um, university, college, or was so, it uh, something that you discovered later on? Yeah, I, I was taking. Uh, I took so I took a bachelor degree in fine arts here in Iceland and right. um, felt like I, I didn't really fit in there. I just wanted to make pretty drawings and I was good at drawing, <laughs> but um, I felt like the art was, the art school was very much about um, concept art and, and, right. and stuff that I just didn't, I just didn't, wasn't into. Um, and then kind of by chance, I started working in the film industry in Iceland after I graduated um, in in costumes and props and scripts for Western. I was just like a crew member and I, I really loved it. And I've always been like a, a little bit of a film nerd, but um, it took me a long time to realize that animation is a really beautiful, amazing thing and that you can make anything in animation. And I, yeah, I was in my twenties when I realized this and, uh, and then I, uh, applied, and then I applied for this uh, program in, in California. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> what, what were the, um, some of the first things that you ever animated or did like little tests? What, what was the first thing that you brought to life uh, with animation? Taking you all the way back to when you first, <laughs> uh, you know, was it 2D? Was it uh, experimental, like stop motion stuff? What was, what was uh, the first no, thing? Always, I was always drawing. Uh, I, I, um, Probably like the first thing I, I made was uh, I had gone to this Roskilde music festival in Denmark with my boyfriend and some friends yeah. of his, and they had been um, having this a sketchbook uh, circling around where they were drawing stuff in. And I took some of the drawings and made a video to a song by a Swedish American artist called Mappy. Mappy. Brilliant. Um, so that was kind of the first thing I animated it was drawings. And then, uh, I also very early, uh, tried rotoscoping. 
I don't know if I should if I should admit this, but uh, no, that's fine. This is this kind of leads perfectly into <laughs> the actual project that we're talking about. So yeah, let's yeah. talk talk to us about the rotoscoping experience from from early on. Oh yeah, so uh, I was uh, when I was still in um, the, the Icelandic Academy of the Arts. I took a a, a semester in Finland, and uh, I found in some uh, old video shop there I, I bought a vhs tape of some old um what is it called like a light blue uh playboy tape yeah. <laughs> what was what was that about uh it was like this beautiful footage in there of people swimming under in the swimming pool but just like mm. shot from above um in the water and i thought it was so beautiful nice but then I took some of it also, and I, I was trying rotoscoping out. Um, so yeah, that was some of the first stuff I did. Ah, amazing. <laughs> that that I guess off the top of my head, rotoscope animation like Scanner Darkly. Uh, I don't know if you've seen uh, that uh, film. It's it's all like sort of rotoscoped characters animation to create like a, a unique style. Yeah, um, and I think one movie that was was it nominated or was up for nomination. Uh, uh, the uh, Apple ah, ten and a half. I'm not sure. What's that? Link letter. That's uh, it's a new film that's uh, rotos- very much rotoscoped, but it's 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 a nice it's a nice film. <laughs> oh, brilliant! What's that called again? Sorry, sorry. <clears throat> Apple ten and a half. Okay. It's about a young boy in the in Houston in the '60s when the space program is happening and they're going to space and he's kind of fantasizing that. They need him to to test some stuff, and he's actually the first person to go to the moon, like this twelve oh, year old. <laughs> uh, we, I'll, we'll check that out. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you. Um, and so, yeah, the the, the whole rotoscope uh, animation. Um, what what did you did you experiment further after that? Was or did you find a love for for that style? Or uh, yeah. So <clears throat> when I started in the school, it was uh, I really liked the program because it was. Um, I think most of the people coming in there had some sort of a, just all, actually all kinds of different backgrounds, but uh, most of them not animation backgrounds. And yeah. so the program is just kind of um, encouraging people to try yeah. to just approach animation in their own way. Nice. Um, and I, I tried, uh, I took a class in the character animation department. Uh, which was just like animation 101, like how do how do I animate sure. and draw draw an animation? And um, I almost quit because I thought it was awful because it's very very not creative, really? and it's very like this is exactly how you draw a character, this is how you move the character, and it ends like everybody's just doing exactly the same thing and they're mm. putting in this mold and yeah. So I was it- like, okay. Okay, this is not for me. <laughs> well, that, um, that, 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 that's sort of those boundaries, and I, and I think I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Your your background of you know experimental, being like kind of loose and 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 discovering things, it's kind of seems to fit you more than just being restricted to this is how you should do animation. And I think <laughs> clearly, it's just thrown up like, nah, that's not for me. Absolutely. And then I, 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 the, the only thing I did, uh, this three years, this program, um, and I, the whole time I was just doing 
hand-drawn animation and just kind of figuring it out. The first film I did was like a first-year short, a three-minute little film called Sugar Cube. And that I did um, without any references or shooting any references. And I was just kind of trying to figure it out. And if I could move just the way I draw instinctively, how, how I move that around and how that can be moved. And then um, by the time I was doing my thesis film, was called The Pirate of Love. It's like an animation documentary short. Um, I started using references more, uh, both that I was shooting myself or just finding stuff online and kind of mixing that up. And I, what I really, I, I, I love that moment when you're using references for something for it to kind of feel real and natural. And then when you go away from it into that right. abstract, you yes. know, and that's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's definitely a lot of that in the project that we're going to be talking about, but yeah, very exciting to, to talk about this project. Um, and you just talking about, uh, you know, experimental animation. We, we, we go to a local f- uh, animation festival um, in uh, the West Midlands called Overlap Social. I'm not sure you've heard it, but it's, it's essentially just students or people or experienced animators sort of um, creating short animations um, in any format, whether it's stop motion, experimental, 2D, hand-drawn. Uh, a mix of different mediums and they just play it on the screen and it could be 15 seconds long it could be two minutes long it could be a three second loop Um, and you know the artists talk about their work and it's just a really nice sort of environment to sort of explore a whole range of different kind of experimental animations it's really really nice I'll send you a link um, because it's just really cool to just see what other people you know what's in their heads and what, uh, what they're where's the, where's this festival it's based in um birmingham in the west midlands so um it's on every month it's less like a festival it's more like a gathering of people oh it's a community it's community yeah it's a really yeah. nice community so I'll, I'll send you a link and there's some um, usually there's a, a guest um animator or a guest um like a feature that they talk more in depth um, who knows, maybe if you're ever in the UK, you could feature on this thing, but yeah, really, really nice. Um, talking about sort of um, character animation, especially with My Year of Dicks, which is the project we're going to go on to talk about now. Um, did you have any sort of reference or any inspiration? I might be completely wrong here, and you may not have uh, touched on this. Uh, Joanna Quinn is, is a British oh, 2D yeah, yeah, animator. I- I'm not sure Just, just that. Uh, yeah, if you're talking 2D, with the talking character animation and and kind of that funny, crude humor, you know, that springs to my mind. Um, but yeah, was there any sort of reference to that to her in this project, or or you just know of her? Of course, uh, I know of her, of course. Yeah, but uh, I, we weren't specifically, I think, looking at her work for this. I think there's one film that I take a lot of inspiration from, um, just like always. And it's a, it's a film that blew my mind when I say it. it's called Mind Game by Masaki Yuasa. Okay. From, I don't know, 2011 or something like that. But in that film, um, the animation is very loose and fluent and he's throwing, you can, you know, there's, there's scenes where the, he's using almost like cut out of the actors, right. uh, voice actors, um, 
So sometimes you can see the actor, sometimes it's completely kind of abstract uh, rendering of people. Like it's just amazing. <laughs> Brilliant. I'll check that out. Mind game is that? Mind game, yeah. Mind game. Okay, I'll definitely watch that. So I think that was uh, definitely something that I was showing people and my artists when we were start working on this. Brilliant. And I think I kind of stole something shamelessly from that film as a. So I was saying that sometimes he, there's this moments where we can just see the actor, and in and every chapter of my objects, I uh, asked Pam that we could I could shoot very close in her eyes and that we, we we get to see it through because I was like I have I have you here you are the person. Yeah. <laughs> I see. Yeah. But yeah, my your dicks obviously. Um... Working with uh, Pamela Ribbon, and you know, we know her for, for writing and producing uh, projects like Moana and um, big movies like uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet. How did that come about for you, uh, Sara? That's that's pretty incredible. So yeah, we didn't know each other before, um, and she published a book of her memoir that came out in 2014 called Notes to Voice and Other Things mm-hmm. You Should Share in Public. And uh, I think FX Network was interested in working with her uh, within their uh, little show called Cake. So I think they, yeah, they talked to her and were like, you know, what would you like to do in animation? And, and then this book came up and I think Megan Reed at FX, who uh, was one of the producers there working with us, uh, she really liked this book and thought it could be fun in animation and then so pam developed it and wrote the scripts and it wasn't until they were kind of finished that i i was brought in i guess uh i guess fx had a list of some uh, independent animators that they thought were capable of building their own teams i'm really <laughs> proud that i was on that list brilliant and our producer, Jeanette Janine, I think actually also, she's been working with FX quite a bit and she recommended me. So um, when I was making a budget and stuff, uh, I reached out to her and asked if she wanted to be involved. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and yeah, it's, a, it's like a 25-minute um, uh, film. Is this, was this the longest project for you to direct and work on? Yes, for yeah. sure. I mean, I've worked so much in live action. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of been my bread and butter for the past 10 years. So I've, I've gotten to, to create a little animated world or elements within a bigger project. But uh, for me to tackle uh, a, f- a full-on project uh, as a director of the whole thing, uh, yeah, this was by far the biggest. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, and, so I, I was so uh, honored that uh, Pam also trusted me yeah. with this because it's also so personal, you know. Sure, <laughs> definitely. And and how did it? Um, you know, so you, so you get the green light. You, you're on board. You're directing and obviously working with the animation team. Your uh, animation team. Um, what was it like to sort of uh, put that together? You know, we we this is the team. Did you have long to sort of prep prepare for that? Was it a bit of a scramble? What what was it like putting that team together? Uh, it was actually so much fun because um, I had a f- some a few animation artists that I really really love and and uh, had reached out to work with because uh, in the past I had hired with me one to two animators per project depending on the size of them. 
So I had a few people like under my umbrella. And when I was reading the scripts and that this play with Chandra, I was like, oh, she will be perfect. He will be perfect for this. And um, so I kind of came at Pam just running at her. And I was just like, this is the team. This will be perfect. This is the tone. This is how it's going to be. And she was a little bit like, okay, okay. And yes, I asked these wonderful, amazing animation artists to work with me and they all say yes to me, which I'm so happy with. Honestly, I think that these artists are too skilled to have made the whole thing with me because I think if this was a bigger production in a sense, I think they would probably have been brought in for their special sequence and their own, where they could bring their own art in. But then I, I, I really wanted them, I wanted us to be a small group to do the whole thing together. So they did all these kind of groundwork with me. So, so one of us could play in each chapter. Yeah. And yeah, it was really great. Um, we had four months uh, in pre-production, me, Pamela and Jeanette, before the artists came on, which was really fast. <laughs> Flip um, um, and uh, I remember I was working on the animatics and I hadn't even uh, finished animatics for everything. Uh, when we started, I actually, when, when the team came on, I had only one animatic uh, completely ready to go. And then while they were animating, we were doing the episode, I was always catching up on the next right. one and, and making the next one ready. Was that, the, was that chapters? Because this is split into five chapters and it did, was it an animatic yeah. that you had for which particular chapter? We started on chapter four, which is the horror show. Yes. It's just the one that came, the animatic just came together the most easily for. And then, um, then we went to the beginning and, and, and went chronologically after that. Yeah. And yes, I remember also in the beginning, uh, before we brought everyone on, of course, we had to, to, to cast the thing and record it, record the actors. And we were gearing up for that and Pamela coming from Disney was just like, what do you mean? What do you mean we're going to record the art? <laughs> we haven't started working. And I was just like, yeah, but we need, we need voice. Like yeah. what comes first, you sure. know? <laughs> and I was like, Pam, you have to just, we're going to make what you wrote. We just trust what you wrote. And she was just like, that has never been said to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Because man. Disney, like in the bigger projects, you're just like, you have 400 people having notes and you're just working on it you're just redoing and redoing and working until almost the end but this was like and that's also maybe different in a 3d pipeline where it's easier to go in and change things mm. and uh, i remember me and jeanette once almost having a heart attack when um pam was talking about how much t- we could go back and stuff and we we're like not at all you cannot <laughs> go back we're drawing every frame <laughs> Like once this is decided, this all this is over. <laughs> yeah. Oh, brilliant! I guess uh, her not really knowing how it was, how you guys are going to work and and start working. You know, you, you guys were sitting on Zoom doing acting and screen recording, and you know all the behind the scenes that we've been watching on this project is just so uh, brilliant and you know really entertaining. And it was really great to see because obviously in a in a pretty male dominated industry, it reminds me of um, have you seen Turning Red, where it's a it's a full it's a full female like head of productions involved. You know the directors, the head of departments, um, and they all did it 
fully on Zoom and video calls, of course, because of pandemic. I didn't know that. Yeah, I... it's, it's an incredible behind the scenes to watch. Um, <laughs> I have to check it out. Yeah. And, and what was it like working in that way, you know, remotely and, and being on, on video calls rather than working with people directly in the same room? It looked yeah. a lot of fun. It's, uh, it, it was, I think it fitted me very well because it's what I've been doing before COVID. You know, yeah. I was just always in my living room talking with people through the computer and sharing files within the computer. So I was just kind of continuing doing what I was used to just on a slightly bigger scale. Yeah. And I, I was actually really happy to, to have that safety to just, I could just always walk away from the computer. I was just in my house. And because I was a little bit intimidated about taking this on, you don't want to let anyone down. Sure, and, sure. Um, so I was really happy that my first experience doing this was in the same way that I'm just used to working. Brilliant. Um, and I think also almost all of the animators I am working with, that's also just their way of like, that's how they've been doing it for years too. So oh, great. we were in good practice. Brilliant. That's <laughs> great. It, it was really funny to see, um, like you guys kind of, you directing say Pam, um, over zoom and, and kind of like finding like an angle cause she's obviously trying to point the webcam uh, to kind of an angle that you, you want. To, right. to sort well, of record. Sometimes she would be like on something yeah. like this, or sometimes I would just be here. I would just see her legs or something laying on the floor with the phone. Yeah. It's like, I'll send it to you. <laughs> what, what was the um, funniest? I mean, I love the clip of the guy that was kind of doing the take where he's licking the ear. That, yes. that was really hilarious. What, what kind of funny moments uh, can you remember on, on such uh, meetings? Um, I think it was often awkward to, so in the beginning, we, we didn't plan on, uh, asking the actors for all these references oh, okay. and we actually didn't do it for the first chapter we did, which was the horror show. And if you know that, if you like, you can see that that's the chapter that's kind of the most wonkiest one. Okay. And, and at that point I was asking the animators to shoot their own references. And at the end of that chapter, uh, the animators were like, uh, Sarah, I think it would be easier if we have the same person to references for the same character always. Okay, that makes sense. And I was like, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we were just like, well, if, if we're really kind of shooting this stuff, uh, why, why don't we just talk to the actors? Mm. Uh, so we asked for like two to three hours extra with them on Zoom. I think except for Jackson who plays Sam because he's almost in every chapter. So I think we had three sessions with him on Zoom or yeah. something. And, um, and all these things where there's, there's supposed to be a person there, but they're just alone at home. I try to have, get, have them do it and like touch something that isn't there and stuff. Um, just to have them, uh, in this, uh, just the angles and stuff. Sure. But then me and my husband would shoot all of that stuff where we are actually kissing and touching each other. And, yeah. And it was kind of awkward to be playing these teens who are 40 years old and like sending it to our friends and like, make us a little thinner. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, out of interest, uh, whose hand reference was it going down um, the, it, the trousers in the cinema scene? You know, oh, you know, 
Yeah, that's me and my husband. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. It's so great to see, especially all, you know, when we was watching the behind the scenes, so funny. Uh, and just imagining, yeah, how like awkward and different it is to sort of ask people to sort of get these takes and can you do this? Um, what, what about uh, storyboards? Because um, an, an, no. animators are used to referencing their own stuff, you know, put right. a camera and act. Um, but I guess you having to sort of get specific angles, you would have to direct them. Yeah, I think doing. I think what I did with the uh, with the uh, storyboards is that I used uh, I did three things in the animatics. I I drew it in a way like I drew it all on paper because I'm just used to that. Sure. So every every frame in the storyboard is quite big, and I I always left out um, backgrounds or just right. like really roughly said like there's something like this behind them, and I and I used it to kind of figure out the the loose kind of design of how we're gonna approach the characters and draw them and the layout and the and the editing was all within the animatic. Right. So I think it was pretty I think what I was like handing was like this is this is like almost like a keyframe from each shot that they had. So I think it was pretty you know Oh okay, yeah, that makes sense. So they can got some reference of the context. Yeah. 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 So yeah, and and then of course, uh, in in the first frame, they were just kind of shooting their own references. But after that, I almost just made an edit on top of my my storyboard with uh, with the actors, uh, and often it was like three or four reference shots for each scene or shot, because I would shoot maybe me and my husband, Pam, and then maybe also one of the boys in separately so they had so much they had a lot of cut and paste to approach the scene and animate it <laughs> gotcha that's yeah. great and, and what about the um just going back to like pre-production then um what about the um decision and like the art style and and everything like that was that solely from your sort of vision um pr- coming into the project that that's how you wanted it to to look without those kind of backgrounds and that that rotoscope did you always um, have that in mind? So, yeah, because I was just like, okay, like I, I was showing them um, older projects from me and I was just like, you know, we're just going to, you see, <clears throat> it's like, this is how I do things. Can yeah. we just do it like this? And uh, <laughs> I, I admit that I was, I was, I got a lot of help from my animation team because I was also just like, you know, and uh, we draw the characters like this and I was just referencing the storyboards and they were like sarah you you have to draw them for us you have to draw the characters like the face angles and stuff just so we have something to i was like oh yes of course oh okay like <laughs> a rule like a like a loose rule guide for, for the consistency yeah yeah because i was just like there's no real character design it just looks like the actors if, if it looks like the actor if you see the actor in it i'm happy but they were like, yeah, but you have to, you still have to draw the characters. And I was like, okay. <laughs> sure, that, that makes um, sense. And then I think for the backgrounds, I always had this idea of I wanted it to be somewhat realistic, but painterly. Yeah. And uh, I got Isabel Aspen um, to do backgrounds. She, she did backgrounds for the first two chapters we worked on. And I basically said to her, you know, I wanted to be painterly, somewhat realistic, but otherwise just do your thing. And so she just set the tone because I already knew her work. Her work is beautiful. 
And um, then we got a different background uh, painter for the sweet one. And I found a person, uh, CJ Walker, and I allowed them to just kind of, you know, I was like, this is how the, sh- the other two chapters look like. If, if you just have that as an undertone, but then they were also allowed to just kind of put their own little thing in it because that whole chapter is very colored by the anime. And, sure. and then uh, we got uh, Simon Estrada, who is a very versatile artist working in animation, who did for me uh, Ungros Penis and the sex talk backgrounds. Okay. And he very much looked at what Isabel had been doing and and was mimicking that and he just nailed it <laughs> nice out of interest did pam ever do a uh, any skateboarding tricks live on the <laughs> webcam because obviously you know the the reference to sort of yeah it's her and the, and the footage of her with skateboards in her childhood did yeah. she ever um pull out some crazy skateboarding tricks for reference <laughs> I wish you could say yes, but no. <laughs> and she was just like, uh, I wanted the ending of the first chapter to be like this huge victory. And uh, he was just, she was just like, really, do we want to go this far? Like, I, I never actually knew how to ollie. And I was just like, yes, she is winning. Who did uh, the skateboarding? Um, or was it just video reference from online? Yeah, it was a mix of video reference online. And I jumped on my skateboard in front of the camera to land in front of the camera and oh brilliant and, uh, but then somebody I, I stole someone online Ollie because I kept Ollie like that oh, <laughs> oh that's so great because we I, I'm, a, I'm I, I was skateboarding since I was 12 and I was still into skateboarding there but not as much as uh, I was when I was a kid and and just just watching the tricks actually that was in, included at the end of chapter one um, I'm sure she does like a a pressure frontside kickflip, and then it ends on chapter one. Yes. <laughs> uh, who who did that trick? Yeah, we found we stole it online. Yeah. Some guy who could do a very high ollie. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I'm thinking of that as well. So in the skateboarding moments where they sort of fall off the skateboards, I'm thinking surely they're not putting themselves through that pain. Oh, uh, like you when know, he's like falling off the railing. Yeah, the rails. Yeah. Yes, that's a video online. Yes. Of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. So it was made with um, uh, After Effects, uh, Premiere. Um, what was the sort of pipeline f- f- for this project? Yeah, uh, all the animators were working in TV paint. Mm-hmm. And we had this really beautiful pencil in there that one of the, the animators, Kevin Askew, had made himself. So we had a really pretty line. Nice. Um, I did a little bit of animation in each chapter. Most, most of the animation I did is in the last chapter because then I didn't have to prepare the next chapter. <laughs> um, and I actually did my animation on paper because uh, that's just what I'm comfortable with. And to match it, uh, uh, I took away all the paper texture of my, and I just kept the line. Um, and then we added this tiny bit of paper texture over every all, all the characters uh, in F- when we were yeah. compositing. And I also uh, K- Kyle, Kyle who, who colored for us, he colored the whole thing by himself. I'm so impressed <laughs> with him. <laughs> and he colored in TV paint as well. Okay. And he was, 
I, because I was uh, nervous and I, uh, I asked him to output everything, the, the line separate, the color separate. And he was even doing, he was doing a shadow um, pass on them for me too. Um, and he rendered it all out separately so I could have all these um, control and after effects. And then I never ended up really utilizing that. <laughs> but yeah, he spent a lot of time rendering out frames. <laughs> Brilliant. Um it's obviously, you know, Pam's story, um, and you know, from the from the memoir and, and things. With you approaching it as a director, did you look to any sort of um, movies, kind of like coming of age movies, like Lady Bird, Breakfast Club, Super Bad, Stand by Me type? You know, teenagers finding themselves. Um, was there any sort of references to like movies that you loved? Yes, and also Pam asked me to watch mid nineties before we started. Mid nineties, amazing skateboarding. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, I've missed like, that one. This is the this is the mood. I'm nice, like, yes, this is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, I can I can see that. Yeah, um, and I think she was watching that and a film that I have actually not seen and I want to see called Skate Kitchen. I've not seen, not heard of that one. Was that- no, but she talk about that one often too, and she talks about these two movies. So like in the in the book. Um, she's the adulter is always um, there too. So she like uh, has uh, you can read her old letters, and then adulter is kind of coming commenting on it and making fun of her younger self a little bit. And I think in the beginning she was trying to do the same thing for this when she was writing the scripts, and then she she said she watched those two films and and, and realized that she didn't need her adult self being there poking fun of her younger self right. like. She should just give her younger self agency and ah, <laughs> nice, yeah, brilliant, brilliant. The the mid nineties is yeah, it, that that screams mid nineties. Actually, the tone and and the and the references there was that Jonah Hill was it Jonah Hill was yeah. directed by Jonah Hill yeah yeah great um, it's great yeah um, I love seeing all the little footage of uh, the old uh, footage from Pam's you know the start of the episodes. She, uh, she, when we were starting out, she was like, okay, I'm not afraid of oversharing. And she would just like tell me all these stories and share them with me. So many photographs. And then she had these home videos on VHS. And I was like, wow, that's so rare. Uh, like, because that's such a connection to kids today, right? Teenagers today to be recording yourself. And, um, and I was like, oh my God, this is gold. And I, mm-hmm. I, I was like, can, can we use this? We have to use this. And I, I was a little bit worried that she would feel maybe a little bit too vulnerable uh, or exposed, but she was just like, yeah, of course. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine, yeah, that helping massively uh, for, for real insights and real sort of the personality of, of the yeah. younger Pam. It just immediately sets the tone that looks like this is a real person. And did yeah, did, did awesome. she did you see it um, the first time she was looking at these sort of uh, screenings and and test um, pieces? Did she sort of like you know how did she react to seeing an animated Pam come to life from old stories? What was that like for the first time her seeing those? Oh, I don't. I think you have to <laughs> ask her. <laughs> but we worked very closely throughout the whole thing. We would we would talk every week, probably two or three times a week during this. So. Yeah. Um, but I remember when we were f- kind of the first episode was coming together and 
And I was kind of just, it, I just kind of had this sigh of relief and I was just like, oh, it's, it, it's okay. It's coming together. I think it's going to be okay. And I was, I was so worried because I had been like, oh, I don't care about character design. It's like, it's fluent. It's fine. Um, but inside I was just like, oh, shit, shit, shit. Like, is it going to work? <laughs> like, if she's not always ex- like looking exactly the same. And right. I was so relieved when it came together and Pam was just like, yeah, like, what do you mean? Didn't you think it was going to be okay? And I was like, no. <laughs> Brilliant. But we were both very excited to see that first chapter come together. And- yeah. And, and that, I guess that's the, um, you know, once you've got that together, it's kind of sets the sort of, you, you learn a lot from that first bit yeah. and then you sort of apply that. The ball and, is and rolling. And sure. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And, and, and what about, um, so you mentioned uh, that the, the original footage from Pam on VHS tapes. Um, did you use any sort of uh, scenes from there and go straight to Roto over any sort of moments from the original footage? Or was it all just new references and that was kind of like the reference tone? Yeah, no, it was all new references. Was yeah. And this, yeah, we just used it for the intro. And, of course, yeah. uh, and they asked the, the, each artist who was kind of in charge of the artistic approach for the genre for each chapter. Sure. They. They, um, I gave them the footage. I was like, this is the footage I want to use in the beginning. And they were in charge of kind of taking us out of it into animation. <laughs> and, and, and for those moments that we mentioned at the very start of kind of, you know, you, you do the roto animation and then you kind of um, ad- additionally add, you know, like the moment where she's sort of melting down in the car when they're talking about, or, you know, those intimate moments where she's speaking with her mom and her dad. Yeah. Um, uh, how how far did you sort of was it was it something for the animators to kind of explore or did you set the tone for that as well of how far uh, it can go? I feel like it was definitely something for them to explore. Um, often, some of that stuff is in the animatic, just because you you had to. It's just such a part of the the the, the storyline, but there's also definitely like. If we take Ungros Penis, uh, Josh Schaffner did that one. And I said, I just want really a lot of super close-ups in the beginning until we find her on the bed. And then he just did his thing. And then again, we go kind of uh, into her head again, uh, into, kind of into the mirror. I remember I, I gave him some references for it if he, if he wanted, but I was also just like, you don't have to follow this. So... It's, it was a mix of like me suggesting something and him taking it and doing what he wanted to do. And I think the same with like um, in the horror show, Amanda Bonaito did that one. I had, I had boarded out the beginning where she's like floating in the hallway instead, like mm-hmm. in her room with the diary and stuff. Um, but then there's just like a scene of her in the, in the car. There's a split scene where she kind of gets all pink and, and crazy. Yeah. The split screen. The split screen yeah, moment. The, yeah. The screen. And then I was just like, do whatever you want with her. <laughs> right. So that really comes from her. Uh, so yeah, it's, it was a little bit of a mix of, you know, kind of just me trying to set the tone and trying to make the story hold together and then allowing them to just kind of to go with it. Amazing. Which was very fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it feels a very nice sort of, um, yeah, an open, you know, like this experimental, this kind of loose, sort of you know boundaries but it's clearly all together as a nice sort of creative whole um i guess it was quite 
uh, freeing for animators to, to work that way, I imagine. And, and then yeah, everybody involved. So. Yeah. And also I was like, because uh, I realized how tedious it is to do all the foundation of stuff where you don't get to play. And I think um, we really made it easier with all this reference footage to and just to speed things up the process and and also and also be able to say you know you don't have to obsess about what shape her head is or something yeah. like as long as you see Pam in it mm-hmm. I don't care like yeah. <laughs> I I want you to like I'd rather the animator focus on the feeling in the scene and what she's saying rather than exactly how her eye is shaped or something mm. <laughs> yeah yeah definitely definitely um and it's nominated for an oscar which yes. have, have you got your uh speech prepared what's that what was that like finding out it's nominated um yeah tell tell me about that uh so it's it's been such a weird crazy ride because just from the beginning that fx first talked to me um and i i made a couple of drawings and and uh, a folder with images and i was like oh i would love to do this um uh, here's some stuff uh, and then i didn't hear from them for two months and i was like okay somebody else got that job and then all of a sudden out of nowhere after two months i hear from them again and they're like oh we want to do it we need you to like make a budget and then all of a sudden me and Pam was just like, wait, are we making this? Did we get a green light? Like, what's happening? And, and it was so lovely also because FX just gave us freedom. Like, nobody was saying no to us. or mm. Like, we just, we were in charge and it felt so good. And then we were making this for TV. So towards the end, when we were almost done, we started, you know, we were very happy with this and proud of it. And... And we were a little bit sad that it was going to be a part of cake where it was going to be cut up because we really loved it as one piece. Mm -hmm. So we really started thinking about a festival run where we could showcase it as a one piece. And FX gave us the thumbs up that we could go to the festivals. And so for the first few months, uh, we were screening it at festivals within like a TV um, program and winning awards as a TV production. And then in the summer, it became clear, FX said, uh, we don't know exactly, we're figuring things out internally. We don't actually have any plans to air this as it it stands. So then we were just like, oh, we have a failed pilot on our hands. Um, And then we asked, and and I think uh, at a similar time, uh, Benoit Chivard, who is a PR person who specializes in helping independent artists get a chance to go to the Oscars. <laughs> he reached out to us and said, you know, I think we can do this. I think you can do this. And we were like, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> and so again, we got uh, permission from FX Network to, because you have to apply for the Oscars. Wow. And it was very, it was very much a decision to just like, okay, we're going to go for it. We've got permission to apply. We hired Benoit and we like, did all the homework. We, we played the game. We like, we've been campaigning since September for the Oscars. And then it's been so wild to just see it gain momentum more and more and more. And we never thought we would get, we were like, if we get on the shortlist, that's amazing. Yeah. And then we got on the shortlist and then we got nominated. And every time we're like, you know, this is the win, but then all of a sudden 
you get all this amazing press and you're like, Hey, maybe we could get further and further and further. Like it's just crazy. (laughs) Oh man, that's incredible. Yeah. They have, they have this Oscar luncheon to, I think, get all the nominees chance to kind of see each other and and connect uh, outside of the, the ceremony itself. Yeah. It was really, it was, it was wild. (laughs) Yeah. But any crazy uh, Oscar stories while you were in LA? Uh, not really. I just, I, I didn't know exactly what I was expecting, but I, I, what it was, it wasn't what I was expecting. (laughs) Like we, uh, to go in there and it was very much kind of this ballroom in a Beverly Hills hotel and with chandeliers. And it felt like, it, it felt like a setting in a, in a, in a high school prom from an American movie. And so you were like in your head, you were like, wait, am I in a teen American teen movie? Because I know all the faces here, but they don't know. Like this yeah. is just famous actors. <laughs> yeah, did, it did was you, real. Did you bump into any, any uh, famous uh, people that you... I, I think a lot of people, like Pam was really enjoying it. I kind of wish I had been her because <laughs> she was just taking pictures with everybody and having the best time. And I was a little bit intimidated and scared about the whole thing. Yeah. I can imagine uh, it being quite an overwhelming experience, especially if you're new to that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't quite know how, what to do with myself. And then Benoit, who's our PR person, who was like, is there anyone you want to meet? And I was like, yeah, I want to meet Guillermo del Toro. He's like, oh, come on, brilliant. he's here, come on. Oh, amazing. <laughs> so I was like, yes, the only person I really wanted to see. <laughs> so I got how, my photo. I got my oh, photo. <laughs> brilliant. What did you, um, yeah, was it, a, I was going to say, was it a selfie moment? What was it like meeting him? He, I had seen him in the summer at Annecy in France, mm-hmm. the animation festival. And I just saw him up on stage with like a thousand people in the room. And I was like, wow, he is the most charming, kind person. Like, and I was like, I bet he's just like a really, really great person. <laughs> and then, yes. And then I got to talk to him and I was just like, oh my God, this person is just radiate kindness. I mean. Lovely. Yeah, he seems like a really, really great person. <laughs> nice. Has nice. Um, he been somebody that you've um, looked up to pr- prior to that, or was it kind of um, since the Annecy Festival? No, I think I just saw him at Annecy and I was just like, wow, he's, cool. he's amazing. <laughs> nice. That's great. That's great that you got the chance to meet him. And then Pinocchio came out. Of course, with, yeah. And I, and I really liked his Pinocchio. Yeah. I think he's really good. And he's just such a champion of animation. And Yeah. And, you know, uh, pushing animation into the, to, to be properly part of the film industry and not its own little oh. thing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. He's definitely a, a pioneer for that. Absolutely. And have you, have you got any other sort of, who do you uh, look up to? Um, inspirations, artists, uh, animators? Is there anybody that you... Yeah. So I'm a huge fan of Masaki Yuasa, like I was saying mm-hmm. earlier. Uh, and... Uh, I think him and Satoshi Khan are probably my favorite animation directors. Unfortunately, Satoshi Khan is no longer alive. And then I also really admire uh, an artist called Alison Shilnick. Okay. And she is an amazing painter. And she does really this cool clay animation. She also does actually painted animation, but she does this thing with clay. <laughs> And she kind of does the same thing with oil paint on canvas mm. and it's mesmerizing. It's, and she's, uh, 
as, as I think she's one of these few animation artists that has broken through to uh, broken through uh, in the fine arts world. Right. And uh, yeah, she's just an artist I really, really admire. Oh, brilliant. I'll have to check that out. Um, <laughs> uh, this is this is another um, thing about speaking to other people from you know different areas of the industry. Uh, just recommendations and oh, check this out or have you seen that? So I will definitely be uh, checking these out, uh, Sarah. So thank you. Um, any advice for you know anybody sort of aspiring to be an, an animation director? Be true to yourself. <laughs> I think also uh, what I realized going into the the master's program is so expensive to go to school anywhere, and especially like I thought it was maybe just in the States, but it's it's actually expensive everywhere. And I think if you want to go, if you go into a program, especially like a master's program, and you are paying for the super valuable time to make work, and my uh, advice would be uh, heading in to, to have ideas that you already bur- or burning up to do like um film ideas that you really want and need time to make and not go into the program kind of just kind of clueless and and then trying to figure out what you want to make mm-hmm. when once you're there because it's such a valuable time sure and it's it's impossible to kind of i think the only way to kind of really break into the industry is to have something to show so yeah, oh, thank you. That's a great piece of advice. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and what what about when um what was what's been the most challenging part about you working in the industry for you from yourself uh, over the years? Is there anything that's been really challenging that you can think of? Yes, uh, when I was uh, still in school, I was in my late twenties, and mm-hmm. I I started having like carpal tunnel and like oh, really? problems with my arms, and I never really dealt with it properly, and then. When I was making the animation for the Diary of a Teenage Girl, I got a tennis elbow. Oh, really? And it was, it's really painful and it's really hard. And um, like, I really, my body really had to break before I realized that you really have to take care of your body. <laughs> you can't just be like this. Sure. Day. You know what? This is, this is great because this is um, something that comes up a lot when we talk to artists. So um, looking after yourself and, yeah. and, and, and really listening to your body because. Um, you know, you, you sit whether it's at a desk or whether it's at a computer. If you if if you're in that area where you are sitting down a lot, yeah. um, you face these um, yeah pains and carpal tunnel potentially, and and any issues with your body. And and a lot of people, especially when they're younger, they may think, oh, it's going to be fine. It's just yeah. a little bit of pain that'll go. Um, and then they continue and continue. Um, and then they they realise you're you're a good example of it um, that you really need to recognise that you really do need to look after yourself um, yeah. and your health mentally physically um, because you it's it's not really good to to be injured from doing something that you love to do you know yeah no um, it's, it feels awful <laughs> yeah well, how did you get overcome those sort of um inj- you know those issues with carpal tunnel was it I need to break or I need to do something differently. What was that like overcoming that? Well, like the tennis elbow thing, it was actually came up on both of my arms, which is kind of weird. And um, I couldn't stop because I was doing the Dare of a Teenage Girl and I was so into it. And I was, I I recognized this as the opportunity that it was. So I was just kind of, I went to physical therapy and I was, I, I worked with this braces on and, and tried um, 
acupuncture, like just uh, tried everything. But in the end, you know, it took years to really? totally go away. And then, yeah, you just have to give it time. Yeah. And, uh, and, and through that process, I learned how to like, you know, do stretches. <laughs> like yeah. you have to do stretches every day. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, yeah. yeah, that's a lot of people just think, oh, that's, I don't need to stretch when I'm starting to like animate, but especially like younger people coming in up from like universities and, and getting into uh, the industry, it has a big toll on you physically and mentally. Uh, how do you, what kind of advice do you give for that kind of work-life balance for, for people? I don't know. No. How, how do you manage it? Do you sort of sit down all day and, and, and work late and then break? Or do you have intervals where every 30 minutes I'm going to go for a no. walk or a stretch? What, what, what kind of, how does it work for you? I, I didn't have anything. Like, I, I just, I was, I just worked when I was awake. I was just working. Like I was a little bit of a obsessed. I was just obsessed with animation. Yeah. <laughs> um, but now I like have, like, so I, this came up and I was like, oh, okay, I can't, I can do four hour, four hours and then I have to do something else and then I can sit back for four right. hours. With the, is that with the, um, with the elbow issues and the yeah. tunnel? Was that when you, yeah. okay. But then now I also, I have a daughter and a family. So like, it's like, now they needs to be really structured. So that's oh, okay. good. <laughs> yeah. So I guess they, um, you know, the family side, the kids side that, that, you know, when you need to sort of, you, you have to separate and have a break and. <laughs> You know, not just sit there till, yeah, two a.m. Yeah, not, maybe not. And I think it's just like not necessarily also people that work with their body like that, but also just like I think it's just the realization of getting older is mm. that you know your body needs different things than it did when you were twenty. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Coming off the back of this, then I mean, we mentioned uh, yeah an Oscar speech. Have you prepared one, and what what will happen, and what will it mean for you if you actually win? Uh, you guys win uh, the, the the award. That's can you prepare so, for uh, such thing? <laughs> if if we win, so I'm I'm nominated with Pamela Ribbon. Yes, she's the writer of this duo. Yeah. So I'm kind of she's gonna have to take the lead of the speech, but we'll I'm sure that we will think about it together. Brilliant. Because uh, I was just like Pam, I'm not going in there unprepared. There's like no way <laughs> <laughs> I will I will faint. <laughs> but yes, I think if if we would win, I would just explode with pride I yeah mean, yeah <laughs> and i guess then you, you know there's if you do win it um you've had a little bit of practice being in the limelight i guess you'll have to be there'll be more of it to come i, I imagine if you do win uh, the award especially yeah. other people I, going sarah will you direct and animate this project <laughs> for us i'm, I'm sure that's really going to raise profile for you your team um even more i, I imagine yes i Probably, and I think what's already happened here is that, so I've been working as, a, as an animation creative person for 10 years. And when this started rolling, uh, I actually got signed to a management company, which was something I had wanted for a long time. Yeah. And, uh, and they have been, you know, um, introducing me to all these executives. And so uh, that part of it has already, like, I don't need to win the statue like that is already, uh, something that's happened and yeah. so so excited <laughs> is there anything yeah i can imagine it, it's a little <laughs> excitement isn't it um c can you tell us um just to wrap up on uh, a question here so best piece of advice that you've ever been given from anybody 
in whether it's live professionally. <laughs> I'm putting you completely on the uh, spot here. Sorry. If you've, yeah. If- uh, I think this is, uh, I want to mention something that's maybe not, not somebody directly giving me advice, but uh, the first uh, animation job I had was with Marielle Heller on Dire for Teens Girl. And uh, it was also her first time directing a film. And working with her and just watching her go through this um, was taught me so much because I just saw how generous she was with everybody she worked with. I saw her choose her people very, very carefully. And once you were part of her film, you owned her, you owned part of that film. And that was yours. And she's an amazing director. And I, I think. Um, she taught me a little bit how to approach a project and, and how to be a good director. Brilliant. Is that something that you was kind of um, had in mind when you're working with your team and, and directing such a project? I imagine that. Absolutely. Yeah. To be just like, to, 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 to be not, to not be selfish on it and be like, I want you to be on this project because you're very talented and I don't know, always know better than you. And I want you to bring all your magic yeah. and, and not ruin your magic by, by telling you every little thing that you're supposed yeah. to do. You know, it's such a collaboration. And I really think that's the best way to, to make a movie. <laughs> well, clearly it's worked an absolute <laughs> treat on this one, Sarah. And um, yeah, it's so exciting. And, and, and I just want to say again, I've said it a few times, but I really appreciate your time to speak with us today. And oh, thank you. It's and, been so much fun. Oh, great. That's, I'm glad you've enjoyed it. Um, all the best with um the oscars and uh, anything that you do after win or lose uh, not not lose <laughs> it's not a lose you know if you win incredible and i'm sure you're going to go to do more incredible things and, and we you. wish you and your team all the best um uh, yeah thank you so much what are you doing this evening today what are you up to uh, I think uh, it's my husband's birthday tomorrow, oh, and I think uh, we're going to order pizza and watch a movie or try to have some fun tonight. Oh, nice. That's good. <laughs> well well deserved and uh, brilliant. Enjoy. Um, okay, brilliant, Sarah. And we'll be in touch very soon. And, and yeah, we wish you all the best. Okay. Okay. Great. Thank, Thank you. you. Have Thank a you. nice weekend. You too, and You too. Take care. <laughs> okay. Bye, Sarah. Bye. If you're looking for more conversations like this and can't wait for the next episode, head over to our YouTube channel at Big Tooth Studios or follow the link in the episode description.